Alexander. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Super duper waiting to hear the the results of how you feel about the latest installment of Louder Milk. Bad news on that front. Um, Did you get syphilis of the ears so you can't listen to it? No, I got normal syphilis, so I couldn't watch it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know normal syphilis affected the eyes. <laughs> no, I just didn't. I just didn't watch it. I haven't had time, you know. Let me tell you what. So you've watched no television this week? Not really. Yeah. Two things you have done instead of watching television this week. I had to do some painting. So, like house painting or figurines. Figurines. I had to get it done before the weekend. Uh huh. Okay, that's mm-hmm. one. And then I was in Lansing all weekend. And then yesterday I worked and I got Old home GFS? and I had to move furniture. So. Wait, what were you in Lansing for? Tournament for the painted figurines. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like when you're driving the car, you couldn't have watched Louder Milk. No. Uh-huh. What, what, what? You know, we're in the future now, Stephen. You think you can watch Louder Milk wherever you are? But I can't be watching Louder Milk in the middle of nowhere. Where I still do. I don't. You know, I'm out there with my twenty dollar monthly phone plan. I don't know. How I'm gonna watch Louder Milk out in the middle. You know, I don't even West. Failure or whatever's in Michigan. I don't know the cities anymore. Exit 84 off uh, 69 West Failure. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a real place. <laughs> it is a real place. I mean, next thing you're going to tell me is you didn't even know Justin Jefferson tore his hamstring this week. <laughs> I do know that because oh, you told me five minutes before we started. I tried to give you an out. <laughs> I mean, Steven, I'm not going to lie, you know. The audience doesn't come here to listen to me lie. They want to hear my truths. Like the truths about the pep talks you give how terrible players they can, in fact, be good one day? Yeah, not a lot of them. Pretty good. All right. All right, well, Alex, we we don't have any sound effects anymore. Cam has quit the show, so we're just going to have to go ahead and wing it. Do I need to make some sound effects? I'd prefer if you didn't. All right. One. After the running back market seemed to have stalled out and Jonathan Taylor got into a staring contest with the Colts, wouldn't you know, labor won. Jonathan Taylor, three years, $42 million. What do you think? I'm surprised it was that much because I thought he was asking for like less than that, what he was talking about. Like I heard news stories that like he was only asking for like second round prices, like how much money he should be making. So I'm surprised the contract was that big. But I mean, good for him. He did it. He deserved it. He works hard. And being a running back in the league is really hard right now because you last five years. It's your rookie contract, and then you're done. It's rough. It does feel win-win. It's a short contract, so if he goes the way of most running backs, the Colts aren't on the hook forever. And he gets $42 million, and gosh, willing, that's going to take care of him and his loved ones for uh, many moons. That'll buy That'll buy a couple uh, Zach Wilson figurines. Bad week for injuries, and we'll get to them, but I think maybe the headliner has to be Justin Jefferson tearing his hamstring. Sorry, I don't know if it's a tear or what it is, but he's going to be on IR for a minimum of four weeks, and the Twitter doctor I follow says he would put the over-under at six weeks that Justin Jefferson is gone. So you have a Minnesota team that is currently one and four. They're about to play six games, four to six games without Justin Jefferson. You think it's possible they go into tank mode, try to secure a top draft pick next year to replace who will likely be the departed Kirk Cousins via free agency or trade? I wouldn't say they're going to drop it unless they try to trade Kirk Cousins. Like if I hear that Kirk Cousins is going to the Jets, then yeah, I would think that the Vikings are really just going to like kind of give up on the season. But I think that's going to be the turning point. I don't think this is going to be it. You know, this may push them into the next step and be like, okay, we got to reset. But I don't know. That's what I'm looking for. I'm waiting for next. It seems tough. Like I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, like as a football player or as a person, but it does seem like he's kind of this quarterback who will keep you in purgatory where you won't be high enough to draft a good quarterback or good enough to contend. So 
maybe somebody somewhere in that organization is like, you know, maybe we send him away for a 16th round draft pick and a bag of nachos. We might be all right here. I don't know. With the way trades work, they'd send that dude away for a fourth round pick. But I don't know. I The Jets, everyone says the Jets would be a perfect landing spot because they need somebody. I mean, I don't think they do because I think they have Zach Wilson, but, you know. What Denver? I don't know what's going on with Denver. <laughs> I can't give, like, any critique on Denver because, like, I genuinely just don't understand. Like, I'm a Lions fan, and I don't understand what's going on in Denver right now. You know what I mean? Like, Sean Payton hates everybody. Everybody hates Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hates everybody else. Denver's just like, Marshawn Lynch came out and was like, Russell Wilson was weird. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Uh, Denver, I, I don't think trading for Kirk Cousins is going to do anything for them, and I don't think they want to waste their capital on it because they probably know it. That's actually a really good point. The Jets have a great defense and just need a quarterback to keep the ship afloat. Mm-hmm. It's all there. That's why we keep you aboard. I know um, like three things about football. Are they going to share what those three things were? Um, there's 11 people on the offense and defense. Um, okay. You need 10 yards for a first down. Indeed. And football was invented by the Swedes. Boy, all right. Three for three. They were invented by the Swedes? Oh, I was just trusting you were right. I I can't be right. All the things you could have gone with. A field goal (laughs) score, three points. No, I'm going to go into the Swedes invented football. So, Alex, I got to ask, you have been quite cynical of the Lions for just moons upon moons now. and I will not take that slander. <laughs> How dare you? I have fought and fought for them for years, and I'm about to get my kermuppets. Do you get kermuppets in a good way? I always associate it with like a bad thing. I don't know. I don't even know what kermuppets means. That win Sunday felt like a big deal to me. Did that feel like a big deal? Or no, that I mean, they're good, but that's just a game they were supposed to win. I don't remember the last time there was a game the Lions was supposed to win. So that's the thing. It's like this was one like 100% they were supposed to win, and this is the first game I can remember in a long time where it's like they got this. You know what I mean? What was it, Green Bay, when we were up by like 21 points or something like that? And it was halftime, and I was nervous that we were going to lose. <laughs> no, Panthers, nah. I wasn't worried at all. That was a nice feeling. <laughs> I think that what had me nervous was it's a different team in theory, but last year Carolina was the team, like when we were on the hot streak, that kicked us in the teeth, and we didn't respond. Like they ran up and down on us and just stole our lunch money. So I know it wasn't the same team, but it felt good to do that. I mean, we were minus some pretty big players. We were minus Gibbs. We were minus ACR. We were minus uh, ASR. We were minus Brian Branch. I mean, there was there were significant injuries, and it didn't matter. We played. We won. We're four and one. Like, yeah, I think I don't think this is the sentinel moment where I'm like I'm all in because I don't think anybody thinks the Lions are winning the NFC this year. But it feels like I'm not going to panic now if they lose a game. No. Yeah. Not at all. And what I meant, like, too, is, like, before the game started, I was like, oh, they're going to lose this. It was, like, during the game, like, watching them play. I would, I was not afraid because, like, they were just so on top of it. You know what I mean? Just give me a sentence or two on Jamison Williams' first game back. Mm, he was a good distraction. Touche. So, which, I mean, it's useful. I mean, it's true. They had to cover them with the deep safety, you know, because he's so fast. But I don't know. I don't know how much that played in the overall defense. But he did a good job in that role. I'm wondering if he's going to actually start getting some passes soon. But I thought he was going to get a bigger role with uh, Amon out. I'm hoping he's back this week, but I just hamstring injuries. I don't really feel like you come back after one week with those. Probably not. Is that what it was? Because I heard he had a, he had a toe injury. 
And then he had a, was it a chest injury or something like that? I forgot about the chest, yeah. And uh, the toe, there was some concern that was turf toe. So maybe it's a little of A, a little of B. And I think that's just always the thing that made me nervous about him. Like, he's a warrior, but he's a small warrior. Give him a, give him a week or two if you need to, you know? Yeah. So we'll, we'll get away from our homerdom for a while. I want to talk league quarterbacks. So right now, on a point-per-game basis, and by the way, we're on number five, Brock Purdy is number 10. Your quarterback, Joe Burrow, is 22. Dak Prescott is 26. And the Kirk Cousins of the West, Derek Carr, or I guess now of the South, now that he's in New Orleans, is 32. Up or down, which of these four quarterbacks is going uh, the farthest in a different direction? Joe Burrow. 100%. I mean, when you're at the bottom, there's no way to go but up. He was at 30 last week. He's already gone up eight spots. I think he can keep going. 29, sir. We don't we don't we don't play around with statistics here. Oh, he was 29. Carr was 30. Oh, oh Derek. <laughs> anyway. That might be the show I'm hoping, title. I'm hoping Joe Burrow can bring it up, but I like I don't know. That whole division seems like they're trying to tank, but we'll see. But he also, you know, finally had some good throw, you know, found Jamar Chase and hopefully he can keep that up. And they did it without T. Higgins. So, yeah, makes sense. What about, you think this is about where Brock Purdy's going to live around quarterback 10? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, they're just kind of like a, I don't know, it's a balanced offense. It's not like the Purdy show, you know what I mean? He's like a mm. good piece of the puzzle. And I think because he's in a good puzzle, it's good at 10. I mean, I think he's good, but he's also young, you know? Yeah, I think he'll fall a little bit. I think he's... His touchdown percentage is a little higher than sustainable, but I'm not, it's not a bashing him. I just think, like you said, he's asked to be a piece of the puzzle. So I think mm-hmm. as a piece of the puzzle, um, I don't think he finishes in 10, but man, nice problem to have. Okay, six. Mm-hmm. Devon Achan, we saw him not really do much for three weeks, explode last week explode this week and then there is a knee injury he may be he's possible he's going to go on ir just fill in the blank devon achan is i don't know who that is <laughs> no 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 this just might be be bad being bad at names what team is he on no seven jacoby no Myers. i'm not no i'm looking up devon 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 achan the, the A chain, Devon A chain. Oh, for the Dolphins, the running back. I don't know a whole yeah. lot about him. <laughs> but could you tell me about him, please? <laughs> I would love to learn. I um, I wonder if he's gonna be like a Jamal Charles. Like Jamal Charles was fantastic when he played, but had to deal with some injuries. Smaller guy, but when he was out there, he was special. I'm like. He's just one of these guys when he's running on an NFL field, he doesn't, he's obviously literally has world-class speed, but he doesn't even look like he's moving. And those are the guys that are the most dangerous. So he just busted out a 72 yard run on Sunday and didn't even look like he was putting full speed in. And, but uh, the knee injury. So we don't know where we're at, but uh, he looks like he could be special. Let me tell you that Dolphins offense is just the fastest thing ever. And I mean, that's probably why I have not known much about, Devonto Anachan is because like I'm sorry but it's been really like when I watch the Dolphins it's the Waddle and Tyreek show you know and it's just been like nuts just watching secondaries trying to cover those two and like yeah. well we really need to double cover this guy but we can't because we got this other guy and it's just kind of fun to watch but you know what if they have a good guy in the backfield that has that speed too let's go Dolphins you know what me being a Lions fan I'm gonna cheer for any team that has had a past 30 years of mediocrity don't get me wrong, Dolphins haven't been quite 30 years. Because who, who did they have? That one quarterback guy that they liked over there? Yeah, Dan Marino? That yeah, that, that Marino fella. You know, they had some promise back then, but, you know, go Dolphins. Also, I think their head coach is hilarious. Oh, he's the best. There was – you were talking about the Dolphins' speed. There was a, uh, a ridiculous stat I saw when I was watching the game on Sunday. The top seven fastest – 
plays run this year, and I'm using poor wording, but like when a player is running, like who's been the fastest all year, the top seven have all been Dolphins players at various moments. Like Tyree kills like two or three of them on different routes and touchdowns that he ran. But just the fact that in a league of Blazers, like this team has the top seven performances is ridiculous. That also just makes for a fun team to watch. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do the Dolphins have like a cheer, like go Dolphins or flippers up, you know? I believe it's fins up. Fins up. That way I was, I was close. All right. Shout out to our good friend, Diana. We hope you enjoy the ride. All right. <laughs> so you didn't know Devon A. Chance. I'm a little nervous about this, but we're going to try it. Jacoby Myers out in Las Vegas for the Raiders. He leaves New England. Some people thought he was underutilized, and he has responded the first five games of this year. He's on pace for 100 catches, 1,500 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Sustainable? I think so. I mean, it's hard in Oakland, but, like, when you have Devontae op- like, uh, Adams, like, opening that much up on the field, like, you're on a team where, like, all the receivers are weapons, you know, you can definitely be someone that's going to be utilized. So I'd say so. It has to be a hard life to be Devontae Adams. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo not throwing the ball to you well and Jacoby Myers like getting all the glory or getting all the catches and your coach is a bit of a putz. And it's got to be sad times. But, I mean, you have a Taco Bell in your house. He has a Taco Bell in his house? Oh, the commercials. I mean, I just assume, like, you know, there's probably some, maybe not an attendant there at all times, but maybe they, like, deliver him stuff. That'd be rad. It'd be pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. But you think the Jacoby Meyer thing kind of getting to be the rabbit, the huh, the Robin to his Batman, Devontae Adams Batman, you think this would be a, a good year for him? I definitely do. And, you know, I, but it's always hard, though, because, like, I like Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm honest, but, like, I don't think, like, high-level consistent play is going to be expected out of the Oakland offense, but, you know, I, I believe it. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. And you got this, Jimmy Grops. What did you think of the decision last night? I, I'm going to assume you watched the game closely, but just to remind you in case you didn't <laughs> know, Raiders have the ball. They're up by four, about a minute and a half to go in the game. It is fourth and one from the – I think it's the it's the 34-yard line. So fourth and one, if they get the first down, they could run the clock and it could be over. Or you kick a field goal to go up by seven. They decide to kick the field goal. They miss the field goal. So now Oakland gets the – or Green Bay had the ball at the 42-yard line. I'm sorry, the 44-yard line. So would you have kicked the field goal in that situation? I'm a big proponent is if, if you can go for the win, go for the win. You know, however, it's like that's one of those situations where no matter what call you make, someone's going to rip on you if it doesn't work. You go for it. You don't make it. Everyone's going to flip out. You didn't go for the field goal because they think it's easy points. Right. But a lot yeah. of people forget that when it comes to making calls like that, that field goals aren't automatic. And I that's think that's something a lot of head coaches yards. put in, which is especially lately, though. I feel like I don't know the past like four or five years, like kicking has become more difficult. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just me seeing more missed kicks, but um, probably you because watching like a lot of young Waku then. Yeah, not watching a lot of Young Waku. I just feel like on teams kickers, are, it's like a revolving door, so like nobody's getting like consistent play. So it's all these people that are like, "You miss a kick, you're gonna get fired," and then they just keep pushing them in and out. And now we just have this position in the NFL that everyone probably has like, I don't know anxiety and depression (laughs) you know what i mean it's got to be hard to make kicks it's like you know it's like it's more of a pressure cooker now yeah i mean i'm just to say like young way just sits there he opens up the magazine it's like giants kicker missed a 85 yard field goal fired you know (laughs) that would be pretty sad if you missed an 85 yard field goal and got fired for it I mean, that's what it feels like. I feel like they're just in the middle of the season. They'll just be like, yeah, fire the kicker. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't much of a thing back in the day, but now 
all the time. Right. Rest ye well, kickers. Mm-hmm. I have no transition. We weren't even talking about that. So, oh, yeah, what were we talking I about? Think what we were talking about was you were saying if you were the Oakland Raiders, you would have gone for it. You go for the win. And I agree because I was thinking, like, why wouldn't they just do that stupid play Philadelphia runs where, like, everybody pushes the quarterback in the butt? Oh, yeah. Well, Philadelphia could do it because their offensive line is such a powerhouse. So, and it's like, what can you do to stop it? You know, you're a former offensive lineman. Like, is that play like a cheat code? Should you be able to get that 95% of the time on fourth and one? Or is that really more of a testament to the, the Eagles? It's a test. It's a testament to the Eagles offense. It's it's no, it's not 100%. Like, especially because like I was a center and like we had this thing where uh, we had we have like when I played, this was a junior high. Well, I, I played like different levels, but junior high was one where one of the audibles that we had was really common by the quarterback. He would just like be tapping my butt, whichever side he wanted to run to. Like if he decided that the coverage was bad and like it was like a 75 percent chance it worked because he was a pretty fast dude. But once in a while, if they blitzed the linebacker and they just pushed us back, it was an automatic loss because like you it's really hard to be an offensive lineman. Like if they're just blitzing right at you to because like there you have to imagine they're flying forward at you. Right. And if yeah. you look at where the ball is on the field, you have to push them past where the ball was so you have to be the one stronger than them to force them back you know what i mean that's actually very no that's very helpful you're not just holding your ground you have to go get ground yeah because a lot of people think forget that too it's like you're not trying to get to the line of scrimmage you're trying to get past it and like the whole line is lined up behind the line of scrimmage so like you have to force that line back so like if you ever watch those philadelphia plays they have to really get that in there that's hard so no, that's really that's a really helpful explanation. So does that mean you there has been talk of wanting to outlaw that play next offseason because it's a cheat code, but you think no, Philadelphia is just really good at it. So yeah, it's then, just they're good at it. So I mean that's the other thing too. It's like there are a lot of cheat codes in the game that people don't see because like uh, if you look at I'm, I wasn't kidding about JMO being used as like a you know you ha- if the, you have a guy that's that fast like when you're going against the Dolphins, right? They have to have deep coverage that puts people back, and now their run game way opens up way more. It's like a cheat code. They, they do things like that all the time. That's why you have to make game plans for stuff like that. So if you know the Philadelphia Eagles have this offensive line that can push you back, you need to be prepared for that on a third and one. Touche. I yeah, can't. So I don't think plays like that need to be banned. I mean, every team has that version of it. Theirs is just more visible. Yeah. Okay. Look at that hard-hitting commentary. Oh, it's great. I don't even want to say anything. It was you, you were on top of it, so I'm just going to move on. Um, here's my transition. Uh, the one concern is you do that, a quarterback can get injured. Speaking of quarterback injuries, tied it in pretty well there. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Anthony Richardson can't finish games, and that's not being hyperbolic. There have been five NFL games. He didn't play one at all because of a concussion. And in the other four, he completed one, and he has had to leave three during the game and not come back. And that includes the most recent game on Sunday where he took an injury to the shoulder and now he is going to be out a minimum of four weeks as he is on IR. So I'm not going to ask the question I asked last time, is he injury prone? I'm going to say he's a rookie quarterback who's really, really good when he's played, but he can't finish a game right now, literally. So if you are this fast forward for me 10 months. We go into the 2024 fantasy football draft. You are viewing him as RB what? RB? Oh, sorry, quarterback. Oh. I still think that he's going to be a valid quarterback. So here's the thing. I've only seen two of his injuries. And those two were two injuries where he should have slid or something. Can you explain to me the other ones where they kind of the same situation? He he kind of did slide here, but, like, they got a hold of it. Like, the guy's helmet popped him in the shoulder. I I think he just he needs more practice on when to slide and like not take a hit like it's not college anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's. You you can just tell like the level of hits and like speed is just so much different. And if your body's not strategically built for it, you're going to have a hard time. And he just he, I think he kind of is, it's like, yeah, you want to be tough. You want to mean you want to, you always want to be that tough quarterback that's gonna go out there and be like yo defensive lineman I'm gonna 
fight you on the field because you're, you know, bad mouth my team. But nah, man, like it sucks, but you're you're not built for that, dude. You're built for slinging the ball and like maybe getting like 10 yards and sliding. I think if he gets that down, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a starter continuously. It's just I, you got to you got to do that. You know what I mean? Alex, you're really bringing the thunder here. So but I'm going to take you and pin you down. So everything you're saying is accurate. There's a ton of upside. But you have to trust in the ability to him for whatever is causing him to not make the slide, to do the sliding now or make the better decisions. You have to trust that kind of gets worked out. So we go into the draft next year. You would view him as quarterback what? So if I go weird, so so like quarterback ranked out of all those starting quarterbacks, I mean? Yeah, like is he's like, I would say maybe to answer the question first and be helpful. I might view him as quarterback 12, 13. I don't want him to be my starter with uh, the injury risks, but I want to prioritize getting him as a backup if he's around. I'd want him as a starter. So, but like, let's say if he continues this year and he still does that stuff, I think I would want him. I think you're right. Kind of like a Jordan Love situation where he can sit in the back and like observe. Because I think like he's too talented to just not, just to be lost, you know what, to like injuries and plays like that. I guess that's my opinion on it. So, yeah, I would say like I'd want him to start if he's still doing this towards the end of this year, maybe use him as like a top-tier QB, get someone to watch him, but only because he's injury-prone and I don't want him to get hurt because his life's more important than football. You know what I mean? I do, but I'm worried we we got lost with each other there at the back end. I'm. Are you saying that when we go into the 24 draft, you would be willing to draft him as your starting quarterback? Oh, like if we were redrafting everybody. Not redrafting next year, next season, when we do this thing all over again. You know what? There's 30 seconds there. I forgot this was a fantasy football podcast, and I was talking just straight NFL drafting. That's, That's my fair. bad. Nope, you're and, okay. You know, when I talk football, I usually just, you know. Anyway, I would... I would draft him as a backup. I'd say like, yeah, like quarterback 12, 13. Okay. But with That's a high cool. upside. So. Yeah. So with the hot, with the, with the hot hands, you've been dealing with uh, your commentary here. I want to get to you with a new one, like back to the Raiders. Like I do not understand why Josh Jacobs is not only a starting running back in the NFL, but like he's one of the few workhorse running backs in the NFL. He's not even averaging 2.9 yards per carry. And this isn't like Steve being ridiculous because somebody had a bad game or two. This is after five games. He has not averaged four yards a game carry in any game. Like, is the competition? How bad did the other running backs have to be? I haven't watched the Raiders enough. How is their offensive line doing? Do you know? I don't know how to quantify that answer. Like. They got Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo they, concussed, and they made uh, their offensive line got gave up six sacks to uh, Khalil Mack when Aiden Hutchinson was playing. So, okay, so so from that information, this is not telling me that Josh Jacobs is bad, because like you usually you always tell me you're like you know what I like watch him and I just don't see it. Yeah. Is it because you don't see it, or is it like when you watch him, or is it just like I don't know? Because like if Offensive line is super important for a running back. Well, those are two questions. Like, I I don't see it with him. But if you're saying to me, well, how was the offensive line play? I'm less qualified to answer that question. I'm just telling you, like, this guy has just never seen – this guy has just never seemed special to me. Okay. Which I guess that makes sense. But let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up his stats because I was curious now. But – because I was looking at like an individual game basis. But let's see here, 20 for 69, 17 for 58, 9 for negative 2. I mean, that's special. How did he do that? I mean, that's a me stat, you know. Was that the Bronco game? It was Buffalo. Oh, gotcha. 19 carries for 48 yards. Yeah, he did have a long of 24 once, but then that means if you take that one carry out, that means he did 19 for 43 yards in the Green Bay game. 
Yeah. They're doing. They are. They do look like they're using them for receiving though too. Which makes even less sense. You've got like Amir Abdullah. That that's the one thing he can do. Yeah. I like Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Wish him well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about Josh Jacobs. I'd love to actually watch him play a little bit more and give you a little bit more of an opinion. But yeah, we really have to have like an offensive line segment dedicated to for you. Yeah, the offensive line's fun. It is. I mean, it's literally half the team, like five of the 11 guys, maybe six at the tight end. They are doing the blocking, so they are a significant portion of every play. fantasy. If you find a way, I'll vote for it. Sweet. All right, number 10. Um, is there anybody piquing your interest on the waiver wire this week? Oh, boy. Is there anyone piquing your interest? <laughs> Um, oh, I will answer that question, but I wanted you to Wayne. Did you did you watch the Lions game Sunday? Yeah. Well, I watched. Yeah, I will. Yeah. What is your take on Bryce Young? I've been talking about him every week, but now you've actually been able to see him play the Lions. What did you think? I. He was the quarterback. No, I. Yeah, I knew. I know. <laughs> I know. I know who he is. <laughs> Um, it's just hard. I don't think like I have anything bad to say about him. Like that one pet, the Aiden Hutchinson interception was like, I don't know who he was throwing to, which also Aiden Hutchinson, that was like a miracle grab. But like, there were some like questionable decisions, but like no decision that I couldn't see a rookie quarterback making. Right. Especially one that has the Carolina Panthers offense surrounding him. From what I can tell is I think – what? No, go ahead. I think from what I can tell is that I didn't think he ever gave up. And considering that that's the offense that he's behind, you know what I mean? I think that's a good mentality to have. And so, like, I don't know. That's what I would kind of judge right now because it's really – because, like, who's Carolina's primary receiver again? It's – Old man Thielen. Yeah. Who's actually played quite well most of this year. I mean, he has, but, like, who's he competing with? Touche. You know what I mean? Like, Bryce Young is out there busting, trying to become the, you know, two years from now, if, if you know, the Panthers are able to get him some weapons, he's going to, like, rip off the weights that he used during his first rookie campaign, and he's just going to know what to do. You know what I mean? But he's got to get to that point. And I think right now you, he's just, like, focused. Beyond the fact you think he can take a hit and he's got some gumption, you think you saw things out there that were like, okay, there's a there's a flash of something with this kid. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, while you process the waiver wire, I'll talk out loud to let you buy a minute here. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I don't think there's any quarterback worth streaming. We've got 20 quarterbacks rostered. I would say if you absolutely had to have somebody, I would be interested in. What's Gardner Minshew going to look like in a pro offense now that he's not in Jacksonville anymore? I think that could be pretty interesting. Um, Running back, I guess if you were in a pinch, then we know that. Pardon me, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, James Conner is out in Pittsburgh, so somebody's got to be running the ball. So uh, their running back, whose name I apologize in advance for butchering, number 31, Amari DeMicardo. Which is totally wrong, but I apologize. He might be worth a speculative ad. Um, that's about it. There are with the wide receiver. If you are thinking they're going to keep passing the ball, then KJ Osborne becomes an option now that there's going to be one less mouth to feed. I'm never going to suggest a tight end in our format. And as far as streaming defenses, I don't think anybody's got a worthwhile matchup that makes me think that they are worth streaming. So no, I don't think I don't think maybe if you're Cam and you're at the back of the line, maybe burn a wire add on KJ Osborne to offset losing Justin Jefferson. But beyond that, there's nobody here that's piquing my interest. Mm-hmm. The Vikings defense. They play the Bears. That might be a solid pickup considering how many points defenses get now. But the, the 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 Bears just threw up 40 on the Commanders. Plus, I think I'm always anti-divisional games. They just they're, they're a different breed. But I hear what you're true. saying. 
Yeah, you're right. I started the commander's defense against the Chicago Bears for the same reasoning. It didn't go well. Yeah, that's why you don't listen to me. Do you think, uh, like, I'm just looking off the top of my head, do you think K.J. Osborne is a generic put-on-your-backup bench and see if he can do anything while Justin Jefferson is gone? I think K.J. Osborne has some upside. But, no, at best, he's a bi-week felon until he shows me differently. Because K.J. Osborne is going to have a couple of pretty sweet touchdown catches this year. I will guarantee you that. But I have no idea when he's going to catch his two 59-yard touchdown bombs. So that's just Russian mm-hmm. roulette. You can't play. And not in a 10-man league. Just like a lesser locket. It's a really good way to put it. It's a really good way right to put on. it. Right on. You know me. I love my locket. You know what I'm talking about? You just throw them out there. It's well, Russian. And then not Russian roulette. What's the game where you put a ball on a thing and it spins? Um, you put a ball in a thing and it spins. Yeah, and then you got to put it on black or red or a number. Oh, roulette. Yeah, American roulette. <laughs> I don't know. Violent. American roulette. But yeah, it's not the, uh, you know, sad story. If it done, it's not some deer hunter situation here. <laughs> I'm guessing you, I lost you on that reference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a movie from the 70s with uh, Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. Good, but dark, dark. So I would not encourage anybody who is not, if you're remotely faint of heart, I would encourage you to just stay away. I watched an old movie the other day. Um, My Cousin Vinny? With the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio. Oh, was yeah, he was one of the people that got arrested, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about, make that connection until just now. Solid movie. It's one of the reasons I think Joe Pesci is such an incredible actor. You buy him as this kind of this this dumpy, confused lawyer in a movie like that and in the Lethal Weapon trilogy, and you equally buy him as just this serious badass. I don't know if you've ever watched The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Came out later, but anyway, in a movie like that, or he's had some others, a casino, my work, like he's got some range. He's 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 pretty good. But yeah, my cousin Vinny, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Way happier than the Deer Hunter. Sure. Anyways, so let's. Oh, is there a one for one this week? No. Okay. Appreciate the honesty. All right. You're welcome. That's <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move to the uh, ten for ten. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a reminder of who the what the top ten was last week, and then we'll see how it goes from there. All right. Last week, Carly ten. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Carly, 10. Kelly, 9. Senior, 8. Derek, 7. I was 6. Matthew was 5. Artie, you were 4. Robert, 3. Junior's fraudulent team was 2. And Cameron was (laughs) 1. Why are you just, you're just trying to poke at him, aren't you? Oh, I will poke the bear. Um, (laughs) Okay. I mean, he's number one in his division, isn't he? He is. There you go. Uh, Defense wins championships. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins, yep. apparently, just not in real life. <laughs> if he wins, he gets to take a victory lap. So, yeah, I'm poking the bear a little bit. But, no, like last – if you ask me who are the teams I think can win a championship, no, a, a junior is not number two. It's not the second team I'm going to tell you in our league. I mean, it's your math. Alex, who's 10? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Carly? Was 10, stays 10 in the Jenkins, is currently ninth on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Let's start with some fun. Let's talk about this from a Lions perspective. What do you think is the balance you want to see? How do you want them to utilize Montgomery and Gibbs when both are back and both are healthy? I think what they were doing before was perfect. And I think that leaves Montgomery as a really solid starter in fantasy because Montgomery's killing it. He's, he's making plays, dude. Like he's like, I, I'm really falling in love with that guy. Like, and I'm not saying like, Oh, there's a wide open hole. No, he's like dragging people. Sometimes he's ma- you know, he's not like making like super, super flashy moves, but like, man, he'll, he'll fight him downfield for get like just extra two yards, like over and over and over and over again. And, like, then just Gibbs, like, coming in kind of, like, as, like, a nice little, uh, what's it called, 
Change of pace. Compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really like what they're doing with that. I want them to like, keep it that way. Sometimes so, it's cool to want to start the flashy new young guy that's super fast, but you know, some players do that and then they get hurt super fast because they're just having them do 30 carries and rookie, whatever. And now running backs are making it five years before they have to retire. So give me a quick thought on Craig Reynolds as a running back for us. I think Craig Reynolds is a solid backup. Um, from what I've seen from like the training camp stuff, the dude's like a workhorse, you know, like he's really pushing, like he really wants to make the team. I would love to see him succeed. And like whenever one of them is out, I have no worries as Craig Reynolds being like the second guy, you know. Makes sense, but you don't. If Montgomery goes down with an ACL, you're a little more less optimistic if it's got to be Reynolds and Gibbs carrying the load. Mm, no, I'd be fine with that. Like if Gibbs is kind of the main guy, give him a chance for a little while, let Reynolds kind of step in like 50-50. I'd be fine with that, too. I mean, I'd be worried if Gibbs and Montgomery went out. But, no, no, no. I, I, like, I like Reynolds. I think we have a lot of depth at running back. So, I think we have a lot of depth at running back and defensive line. Offensive line, we do not have depth, I feel. So, I feel like if we get injuries on that, we're pooped. So. Nine. Nine. Is. Oof. Kelly was nine stays nine uh, ninth for us 10th in the Jenkins. Hmm. So we talked a little bit about this, but kind of now that we're talking about Kelly's team, um, she's got Hawkinson. So this is why I'm bringing this up. Like assuming you're right, assuming they're not going to go into tank mode with, this team like where do you see his targets getting dispersed between those top options of Hawkinson Jordan Addison and uh, KJ Osborne all right I feel like Kirk Cousins likes finds a guy you know and I feel like out of those three the highest chance of being Kirk Cousins guy is going to be TJ is a Hawkinson so it might actually help her might actually help her out. So that'd be interesting to see. Addison, maybe. I don't know. He's a rookie, I, so it's dicey. I, I get the pause there. Well, I mean, it could just follow the Vikings tradition of just having a superstar wide receiver and then a rookie come in and just be another superstar, and then they lose the first superstar that they had. That seems to be like a tradition, right? <laughs> unlike any other okay so it does seem like they've been pretty blessed with the wide receivers they had Diggs and Thielen for a while and then they had sorry Jefferson and Thielen and now they had Jefferson and Addison um, so they have uh, they've had some good run of it there with the the wide receiver position so uh, good on them but you're saying you think it's going to be Hawkinson I think it's going to be hot potato, um, so I'll be curious to see how it plays out. But uh, I really am regretting not giving more thought to drafting uh, Jordan Addison. He's uh, he's definitely been worth the investment this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Eight. Um, I'm going to say... Derek? Alex, three for three. Derek, low score, unfortunately, this past week falls from seven to eight. So I want to ask you about Jalen Waddell. Um, Jalen Waddell is not having a terrible year, but he's not having the year you drafted him. Any of us would have drafted him in kind of that wide receiver 12-13 spot. Um, he's averaging four catches on six and a half targets, no touchdowns, but you know, touchdowns are a bit of a fluky statistic. So more about the four catches on six and a half targets. That's, that's what you see out of wide receiver 35 to 40 during the year, not wide receiver 10 to 15. Do you think this takes care of itself and just uh, Tyreek will cool off a little bit or might uh, Houston, do we have a problem? You know, it might be a problem, but I don't. But that's really going to depend on the defensive schemes 
You know what I mean? Like if they're because who I know like there's another wide receiver that got a book a bunch of touchdowns in the Dolphins. Who was it? No. There's no other one? There might be. I mean, there are other wide receivers, but there's just not a there's not a clear three on that team. Oh, you know what? I might be thinking of the running back. When they when they got 70 points, a lot of those points were the running back part, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. They they got a three, they are a three-headed monster at the running back machine uh, position before the injuries took out uh two of them. Oh no. Okay. Well, that keeps happening. Oh, I would be, I'd be, I'd be worried about Jalen Waddle from a fantasy perspective. That's for sure. As a player perspective, no. But dude's good. No, that's a good point. He's wonderful as a football player. Like, if your number two receiver is giving you that sort of stuff, that's great. But that's just not what he was drafted to do. So, no, I get you there. All right, number seven. Um, Lucas, senior or junior? Senior. Four for four, Alex. <laughs> Bijan Robinson having a perfectly fine year for a rookie. Running back twelve, nothing at all wrong with that. However, is it a little? Do you think you you are? Lucas, you're a little disappointed that these are the results you're getting for your second round pick. First round no. of excluding keepers. The only time I ever get disappointed in a first or second round pick is when they don't do anything. So like when I got Najee Harris for the first half of last year, he was like running back like what, like 28? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you draft anybody and they're in the top 10, like points wise, I think it's a good pick almost no matter what. Except for like a quarterback. Like if you draft quarterback 10 in the first round, yeah, that's disappointing because like, you know, you only need one of those. But like with running backs, I, I think it's solid. So I wish it was better, but this is this is a okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, my opinion. Yeah. No, I can track it. All right. Six. Josh Jacobs is the 12th ranked point ranked running back in our team. Nice. What's number six? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm picking number six, right? Um, that makes sense. I'm going to say Matt. Ah, nice try. Well, it can't be me. I'm awesome. <laughs> uh, was six, stay six. That is me. I am sixth, uh, fifth on ESPN. All right, we'll keep it simple here, Alex. Um, what do I do with my bottom starting roster spot do i play michael thomas at houston or drake london home with the commanders well i make terrible decisions so i'm gonna say uh michael thomas do it is this do you mean like from the reverse psychology position because it's bad you're telling me what not to do or like if money was on the line in this game that's what you would do well, it's very often where the decision that I make is the one that doesn't work out. So I'm going to tell you what my decision is. So you could probably, you should probably pick the other one. But it is, I, but it is what you believe to be accurate, not intentionally bad information. Ooh, you're right. It is, yeah. I think Mike, I think Derek Carr is just going to figure it out this week. Michael Thomas is just going to get all the passes. So many things in that sentence structure were wrong, but fair enough. Okay. What was wrong with it? Derek Carr figuring anything out. Well, you see, there you go. I think I just answered your question. <laughs> All right. Who's five? Matt. Was five, stays five. Matt. Uh, Matt's picking up some steam here. Go, go inaugural league champion, Matt. Alex, trade idea with Matt's team. Tell me what you think. Better than that fraudulent nonsense Junior's trying to send you. Okay. If you we'll were going to it trade, out. Hmm? we'll figure it out. Good luck. Um, if you're going to trade a quarterback, who would you be more likely to trade? Hmm. Oh, you're there. I thought you froze. If I, who would I more likely trade on his team? Like, who would I want to trade away? Mm-hmm. No, for your team, would you rather 
I'm just saying, if you were going to make a trade for quarterback, would it be like, I want to keep Burrow, but I'm willing to trade Tua or vice versa? I'd be really, I'd be willing. Oh man, that's hard. Because Tua is the one that's doing well right now, but Burrow has the high potential. So it's like I could trade Burrow and then get stuck with a guy that gets a concussion. But I would say I, so I would trade Tua. Okay. Yeah. Here's my trade idea. You send Tua and Jerome Ford to Matt. You get back Lamar Jackson and Brees Hall. I might be down for that. Brees Hall did do super well last week, but again, it was against Denver. But they also said he's officially off the pitch count now with his knee. And this is when the doctor said about three, four games in is when we would start to see Brees Hall return to where he was. Yeah, but it was against Denver. Okay. I'd be down for it. I think that's a trade that I would make. Okay. So maybe this or maybe see what happens next week just to make sure it wasn't like it's Denver, like if he does it against a real NFL team. Yeah. I don't trust anybody anybody's stats against Denver. Touche. Okay. Four. Oh, sorry. Uh, Matt, um, yes, was fifth, but he and he is sixth in ESPN, so he would be the last team in the playoffs right now. Um, Bobby. For the third week in a row, Bobbert drops a spot from three down to four. All right. I really good job on starting Jared Goff, Bob. Bobby, that was good. Let me tell you, if James Cook didn't just poop his bed, that would have been a very much more different uh, different game. So, um. Well, to Bobby's yeah. credit, he's minus Saquon Barkley and Jameer Gibbs. So, I mean, the talent the talent of this running back team really took a hit. And then, yeah, James Cook kind of stunk because they were in London. Well, I don't even know if Jameer Gibbs was in that it would make that much of a difference. Let's be for real. But Saquon Barkley, absolutely. Again, Gibbs is kind of like a situational role, you know. Does he have a touchdown yet this year? I don't think he does. Jameer Gibbs doesn't have a touchdown? I don't think so. Ah, that, you're, no, you're right. That's that's weird. Unless he has a reception touchdown, but I don't think he does. Would you trade Tua for Chris Olave? Ooh. No. Okay. All right. Three. Not that I don't believe in Chris Olave, but. I just th- I just think Michael Thomas is really going to start seeing some action soon. Okay. Well, and I think the other thing going against them is Alvin Kamara is back now, so that's that's going to be a little uh, the pie is going to be sliced a little thinner as well. That is true. And Derek Carr's your quarterback, and he's terrible. That is that is true too. I, I forget again. When did you decide to start hating Derek Carr? Because you used to pick him up a lot. When he cost me the 2017 championship by half a point because he refused to throw the ball to Michael Crabtree one time. Okay, that's fair. Three. three. Yep. Me? Was four up to three. So before we talk about your team, does that feel fair? Do you view you as the number three team or do you feel I have jobbed you? Let me tell you, Steve, I'm climbing. I'm climbing. Yeah, I don't think he jobbed me at all. I think that's a fair assumption, you know. I think I'm moving on up. DeAndre Swift turned out to be a pretty solid pick. Was he a pick or a free agent? He was a pick. You made fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, Alex, your draft was so good until you got DeAndre Swift and uh, Jameson Williams. Well, I stand by the second one. Uh, so far, he did get me 1.2 points last week. <laughs> it had to be more than up to 1.2. No, he only got me 1.2 points. <laughs> he had two catches for two yards. 
Oh, yeah, 1.2. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I was thinking we were a full PPR. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. But yeah, Is I like there... my team. Hmm? But, yeah, I like my team. I like your team a lot, too. That was with four people on bye, too. So three people on bye. So that's pretty good. Jerome Ford, Lockett, and Keenan Allen were all on bye last week, and I still managed to pull out 150 points. So I was pretty stoked on that. No, it was incredible. DeAndre Hopkins looked like the Andre DeAndre Hopkins of old. Uh, again, your defensive players really uh, did their part. So let me ask you this about your team. Like, obviously, if anybody sends you a trade offer, you will look at it and you will decide if it makes sense for your team or not. But as far as where are you at, as far as are you actively shopping? Are you like, okay, we know the trade deadline is going to be in four weeks. Like I, you know, when we get to the playoffs, it doesn't do me a lot of good to have a stud quarterback on the bench. So let's see what we can get as a starter. Or do you right now lean into knowing you've got a heck of a safety net if something happens to one of these guys? I'm going to trade for something else. It's just, it's hard. Cause like, I feel like the worth that I would want for Joe Burrow or Tua, a lot of people aren't willing to give up. You know, they'd want to give me some like wide receiver 15, but like, I don't need that is the issue. Well, I already stupid. have that. Yeah. So it just makes it difficult. So like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I could definitely upgrade DeAndre Hopkins, but like he's just going to be out for Keenan Allen. I think the only spot I can really upgrade, yeah, is Tyler Lockett. is like a kind of a normal starter. I was hoping J-Mo would pick it up, but like, again, I don't need, it's not like 100% necessary. I can put like a boomer bust guy there and I'll be fine. Let's just or Ford, because I can put Ford in my, I'm happy with my three running backs. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the only spot like I need an upgrade. It does seem like if somebody's going to make a trade, you've really got to offer something big. I mean, Joe Burrow was the 11th or 21st player drafted, however we want to look at it in our league, and that was him falling a little bit. So let's just look, for the sake of this argument, we're going to say you drafted him in the second round, and the keeper round is just entirely something of its own. I'm going to real quick go through the other nine picks of the second round and just give me a quick yes, no, or maybe. Would you trade Joe Burrow straight up for this player? Garrett Wilson. Yeah. ASR. Depends on how the injury plays out. So not today. Not today. CD Lamb. Yeah. Chris Olave. No. Mark Andrews. No. DK Metcalf. Mm. What point rank is he? In our league? 35, but that's a little skewed because he's had a bye week and not everybody has. Yeah, but I, I don't know. No. Actually, let's make this a little more fun. I'm going to give you three more players, but they're not going to be all in the same round from the draft. Uh, would you trade him for Jonathan Taylor? Right now, no, because I don't need a running back. I already have one on the bench that's already good. So, like, I, li- I don't need a fourth. <laughs> no, a fair point. Let's see. Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'd risk it for Cooper. And let me give you one more just to think it out loud here. Travis Kelsey. Ooh. Yes. Okay. All right. So might be might be worth shopping, but anyway, that's that's on you. But it is a it is certainly a nice problem to have two stud running two stud quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. All right, two. Lucas. Junior was two stays two. So really your insight and your kind of your X's and O's earlier was fantastic. So I'm gonna dial into that a little bit right now. Talk to me like Ramondre Stevenson was like a sweetheart going into fantasy football this year. Last year. 
five yards of carry. His rookie year was the year before. It's pretty good then, um, but more of a timeshare situation last year. He also caught like 60 passes. I mean, people were legitimately thinking this was going to be a top 10 running back. There was a little bit of a step back when they signed Ezekiel Elliott, um, but the talent was still there. But this year he's gone from spectacular to he's not even averaging 2.8 yards of carry right now. Like, do you think it's injury? Do you think it's Mac Jones is such a terrible quarterback? Like, I mean, that's not I think, bad. That's terrible. I think something's just going on with all of the New England Patriots, if I'm honest. Because what aren't they like the 30, 30th or 31st ranked offense in the NFL right now? I mean, you measure that a lot of different ways, but I'm sure they're at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So it's just it's just not good overall. So it's like hard. It's hard to stand out when you know teams are going to focus on the one or two players. Who who did who did defensive have to key on, key on on when the when the on the Patriots? What wide receivers do they have? Juju, and that said sarcastically. Yeah. Like, so this guy comes out on the field. What do you think he's going to do? They're going to key on on him, and they're going to be like, okay, Mac Jones, make a throw. And his five touchdowns to eight intercept, six interceptions this year suggests that that's not what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. So key in on the run, or at least, you know, on the quick uh, check down passes, and then just beat him in that way. Fair enough. All right, number one. Number one. Um, oh, nuts. I was doing so well. Um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Cam. <laughs> was one, stays one. Uh the team stacked right now. There just isn't anything to worry about with this team. They're looking good. Um, in particular, I think what to his credit was a big win last week, not because it was against me, because he did it with five of his starters on bye week. So he basically had to empty the bench and he still won. That's how good he is. So my question for you, um, he's probably going to put Justin Jefferson in his IR spot as soon as he's able to. Um, on ESPN, he hasn't been declared out yet, though we know that's what's going to happen. Like, is there somebody you're going to take a flyer on? Not because you need them to play anytime soon, but just because you think they could be good and you'd be curious, be willing to stash them on your bench and just see what happens. Um, I don't know if there's anyone needs to take out. Well, I don't know, actually, maybe. Well, it's a free space. He doesn't have to bench anyone because he's going to have an, a roster spot open up because he can put Jefferson in IR. Well, yeah, absolutely. Pick somebody up. I would pick up that Vikings wide receiver and just see what's up. That's what you're talking about. You have a chance to hit on that. Yep. Because, like, I mean, it might be nothing, but, I mean, if you just have an open spot, do it. Look yeah. Jonathan uh, Taylor getting, getting three points on the board. I think for me, I'm still – I've talked about him the last two weeks. I If I got a spot to fill, I'm going to go with Rasheed Rice just to see what happens. Um, young rookie on the best – with the best quarterback in the league – it's had a nice, solid baseline over the last few weeks. Let's see what happens, especially if the Travis Kelsey injury may not keep him out, but will at least kind of slow him down. So that might that might be something I look at. All right. So here we go. Let's kind of do our rankings of the week, and then we will check out. So the week six jank up of the week is two junior versus four Bobber. Who do you have? Junior. Bobbert over here. Uh, one Cam versus eight Derek. I'm going to take Cam. The train keeps rolling. Derek, or I'm sorry, Alex. I'm going to pick Cam. You, Alex, versus nine Kelly. I'm going to pick me. You're going to win, but Kelly's becoming a thing. <laughs> Five Matt versus seven Senior. Senior. I think Matt has become a thing now, so I'm going with Matt. Lastly, six Steve versus ten Carly. Steve. I don't think Carly's a thing quite yet. I agree. All right. 
So since you, I was, I was super excited. I thought we we're gonna nerd out on louder milk for a few minutes tonight because you would, uh, you it was gonna be you and me, but you don't have any new information to offer, so we can't talk about that. So I guess we'll just have to, have to go to recommendations for the week. Um, it's very clear I have different tastes than most people in this league when it comes to television shows because I don't like the, the Chewokies, or the, the, the space play. But a show I have just started to get into, which is fantastic and is popular, so it's not some off-the-radar thing, like Yellowstone. It's great. Is it? You've heard of it, right? Yeah, it's like what everyone that drives big trucks watch. <laughs> I <laughs> Survival of the unfittest. Um <laughs> It's a it's a really good show. It's about uh, uh, ranching in uh, in Montana. Oh, okay. Now they're doing cowboy stuff, being America. I got any recommendations this week? Uh, well, no, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll give that a shot. I'm glad you like it. A lot of people like it because it's probably good. Um, My cousin Vinny, solid movie. You know? Yeah. Totally agree. All right. All right. Well, I think that uh, that's all we got tonight, folks. So until next week, send my best to Gracie. I hope she helped. I hope you and her enjoyed painting those figurines. Oh, you know, I finally figured out who Gracie was. So it, it, Megan's mom has a dog named Gracie. Is that who you're talking about? <laughs>